All right, I'm stop. On stopping? You. Yeah. Stopping? Want to say anything else you want to say? No. Sure, you want to do some more underwater drumming? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Thank you for that. Done. Hello and welcome to Bookery Shorts. I'm Sam. I'm Danielle. And this is a podcast about finding weird media and sharing it with your friends. Now, this week, we're continuing our run of short episodes that we're doing every other week during the holidays as we take a little bit of a break to recover and recuperate from what has been essentially a year. <laughs> Even though we've only been doing this for six months, it's, it's been a year. What a year it's been. So... Last time on Bookery Shorts, I had to summarize the novels of Sweet Valley High that you had shared with me, Danielle. Yes. You did a fabulous job. Yes. Well, now I'm going to return the favor. It's your turn. Uh, I don't want to. It's your turn to see what you can recall about one of the episodes that I did for you quite a while ago. Okay. Bring it on. So scared. So as we're pretty much at our six-month anniversary, I figured what better book to start out with than our very first episode, Danielle. Oh, Isaac Asimov. Isaac Asimov. Do you remember the book's name? Uh, The Gods Themselves. Yeah, you're well on your way. So, Yay, I remembered one thing. Danielle, The Gods Themselves was a very weird book. And it, it kicked things off. And, you know, our first episode may have been a bit rough. So I want to see if you can maybe summarize it a little bit more clearly for our listeners now. <laughs> yeah, my summary is going to be better than your summary in that episode. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> so it's a sci-fi book. <laughs> Asimov, good guess. <laughs> okay, it starts, it opens. Oh, gosh, this book had so many things about, like, aliens yeah. that I didn't understand in parallel universes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is way more complicated than it needs to be. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so it opens with a scientist that we don't really see much of after the opening, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay. there's like three different parts. There's the first part, the second part, and the third part, Danielle. I'll give you that. <laughs> That was super helpful. So in the first part, there is a scientist who has something, realizes that one of the chemicals on his desk is like changing metals, something. Now, can you remember his name? No. (laughs) Really? That's too bad because I can't either. Uh, Hallam. Uh, It's Hallam. Oh, Hallam. Okay. Sure. I remember Lamont, but not Hallam. Yeah. Lamont is his rival. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come back to me. So do you remember what chemical he had? No, this is like an exam. I don't want to. This is terrible. (laughs) Uh, Plutonium. No, I don't remember. It was tungsten. Tungsten. Oh my God, I can't believe we said that like 12,000 times. Yeah, tungsten. And it was changing into a weird form of tungsten that had the wrong number of neutrons. Right. He just randomly realized it one day. And then he realizes that it's like coming from some kind of parallel universe. Well, I mean, yeah, I would say he realized it. Because this guy, Hallam, is kind of a dunce, a patsy, if you will. Mm Mm-hmm. But there was a conference where people are like, where did this come from? And some guy jokingly suggests a parallel universe. And that happens to be the correct answer. And how just <laughs> takes credit for the whole idea. And so there is a parallel universe. And they make an agreement. I'm skipping a lot, aren't I? Kind of. But there's a parallel universe. And they are exchanging material with our well, universe. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. There's a parallel universe where they like they make this agreement with whoever's on the other side. They don't really know. And they don't that, really make an agreement, so it just, just starts happening. Yeah, it just starts happening. They get directions for how to create this machine that uh-huh. gives them unlimited power. What is the name? Ultimate power. No. <laughs> That's oh. not what I meant. <laughs> 
like energy, energy power. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to think of the word energy. <laughs> so they get like unlimited energy what's from this, this machine. Do you remember? The unlimited energy machine? <laughs> yeah, that's what's called. The unlimited energy machine, the UEM. UEM. <laughs> No, it's the, the electron pump. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Much better name, obviously. <laughs> I remember there were a bunch of like really poorly named things in this. <laughs> um, oh, poor Asimov. Yeah, it's an electron pump, which gives them unlimited energy on Earth. Yep. yep. And then in recompense, they send over that tungsten, right? Yeah, so they're basically exchanging tungsten, which is stable. Our tungsten is stable in our universe and unstable in their universe and vice versa. Right. And so we use the change as it stable in our universe and vice versa to create unlimited energy for both societies. So it's a right. symbiotic relationship. And then the other society, you find out a little bit later, needs it because their sun's going to die out or something? So this is a question I don't expect you to have an answer for. But do you remember what the big difference is between the two parallel universes? Like what's the one thing that's different about them that allows us exchange to happen and be mutually beneficial? Uh, it's not the sun. <laughs> No, I don't remember. So the strength of the strong nuclear force is different between the two universes. Oh, sure. I yeah, mean, right, yeah. I barely <laughs> understood that when we were talking about it yeah. the first time because I, I missed how the you explanation. Remember that, that important <laughs> detail that totally makes all sense in the world. It didn't even matter. No. And so that's like the first part of the book, right? Yeah. Is them like finding this. And there, if you remember, there's another doctor, another professor, a Lamont. Right who is like Helm's rival and gets sort of disgraced as Helm rises to prominence based on his quote-unquote discovery or invention of the electron pump, even though it's the aliens that did all the work. Mm -hmm. And it's ringing a bell? Yeah. Okay, keep going then. <laughs> oh, I don't know what happens after that. I just remember that that's a thing that happened in the book. <laughs> Joe, do you remember anything about like any of his concerns about the pump? He was afraid that it was going to, that if they stopped giving them information or something, that mm, no. then they wouldn't have energy anymore. Well, and that's what happens if you stop using the pump. But why is using the pump bad, Danielle? Or why might it be bad? Is it going to blow them up? I mean, yeah, but how? The sun? Yeah, you got it! <laughs> I said it was, that earlier about the sun! Yeah, we did, yeah, yeah. It's in the back of the book. It talks about how they're going to destroy the sun. Yeah. They're afraid they're going to destroy the sun, but nobody believes them. Yes. He's afraid that the strong nuclear force differences will concentrate and cause the sun to go supernova. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Sure. Science. Okay. Science so... fiction. You got to do it. You got to have all the, the weird techno babble in there, Daniel. <laughs> so that's the first part of the book. Nobody believes him. He thinks it's bad news bears, but everybody loves the free energy. Yeah. There and you go. then the second part of the books, which is over to the other planet. And this is the part I really want to hear you summarize. All that was the just the, 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 the wind up to this. <laughs> So <laughs> in this other reality planet thing, there are three types of alien type creatures. Well, it's one species two. has There's three two. genders. There's two. One yes. has three three parts and one has one part. Yeah, there you go. Okay. It's all, it all makes total sense. And so the one that has one part is like the species that's in charge of all the other ones. Yeah. Do you remember the metaphor you used to describe how it was different and weird? I remember saying something about it, but I don't remember I what I said. said like, it's like raccoons being in charge of rabbit reproduction history. Oh, yeah. Like that. <laughs> it is a lot like that, though. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but I do remember that one phrase because it was stuck with me, Danielle. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad. But it is a lot like that because they're just for no reason whatsoever, at least no reason given by the book. They're in, like, not really, well, but there, there, there is, is a reason. There is a reason. Yeah. There is a reason, but they don't, like, know it. Those species that's being controlled by the upper species doesn't realize why they're being controlled and doesn't seem concerned by it. So talk about the, not lower species, but the younger species, I guess. The younger species the other species on the yeah. planet is there's three parts they form a triad yeah you got the word ah! 
<laughs> and they like reproduce together and they all have different parts in the triad. So one is emotion based. Yep. Do you one remember which is, one's the emotion based? I don't remember their name. I mean, I don't obviously not, but there's like two males and a female. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So which one's and the, the emotion based? The one? male one of the males is emotion based. Nope. <laughs> Oh, the woman is emotion based. Yep. What's the? Oh, the one I was thinking of the mater, the maternal one is the male. Yeah, like yeah. the guy who wants to raise the babies is male. Yeah, yeah Odin, I believe. Right, and then no, there Trit. is Trit is that's his name, Trit. I was combining them, and then there's the like the one that's rational. Yeah, that's it. That's rational. Yeah, there's rational, emotional, and parental. Yeah, yeah, good. The triad. Yeah, that's what I remember. And the the woman wants to be is also kind of very like rational, and people yes. make fun of her for it. The other aliens don't like oh, her. She's this. like Rudolph the red nosed reindeer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they laugh uh, how appropriate names. to the season, Daniel. <laughs> it's true, though. If you're yeah. tired of the Rankin and Bass, <laughs> Rudolph Red-Nosed Reindeer Christmas movie, you want a new Christmas movie that tells the same story, try The Gods Themselves by Isaac Asimov. Your kids love it. <laughs> Just part two, though. Just part two, yes. Let's leave them the weird part out of context. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And so they're supposed to mate and have children. That is how it works. Two children? One, Three. Three. Triads Tri- make triads. Oh, triads. Okay. Well, I don't remember that, but okay. <laughs> so the the woman doesn't really want to. Because remember, what happens after they have their last child? They had a child? I don't remember. What happens? Do you remember what happens after, what's supposed to happen after they have their last child? Oh, you, like I thought you meant they already had a child. No, after their, once they finish reproducing, they disappear or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. salmon. And so the, the woman is like, I don't really want to do that. No, yeah, reasonably. And the parental does want to have kids like the kids and then the rational is just excited that there's another person in his triad who's also like into higher level thinking yeah you got a, you got a surprisingly large amount of this daniel <laughs> yeah i just did the relationship concept between the three of them <laughs> which is pretty much most of the second part so do you know why do you remember why the aliens here are exchanging the tungsten with our universe isn't it that their sun the sun's gonna explode or whatever well their sun's going dim dim sure and then so they're trying to get the energy so they can sustain themselves through that because they they eat sunlight yes Yes. that's right they eat sunlight i forgot about that oh my gosh this plot plot. (laughs) it's a thing we're almost through the second part danielle you're doing so well and so the second part of that and then they decide what happens at some (laughs) point oh so what's her face decides to send a message dua decides to send a message that's the woman sends a message to earth being like stop everything why did she send that message because she i don't remember her motivations because after having a confrontation with her husband goes off and slinks around in the walls for a bit oh, and, right. the walls. and she has her little like orgasms in the walls yeah well we just say the post-orgasmic clarity to understand <laughs> that everyone in this world knows that they're gonna make the sun in the other world go supernova and they just don't care because they can just feast off the energy of that supernova sun as right. it reaches through the universe Universes, and she's like, no, that's not okay. So she feels bad about it. So she yeah. decides to tell Earth, but she, her English is limited. And so yeah. her, what a non-English, whatever it is, the universal communication language is limited. And so they're very confused when they get the message. Earth standard, I think it's called. Sure, Earth standard. And then at some point, and I don't remember how sh- how it's figured out, they realize that the other species on the planet, what happens after they have their children is the three, the triad merges. Uh-huh. And forms this one person. Remember what they're called? No. 
I'll give you a hint. The three are called the soft ones. Oh, the hard ones. The hard ones. <laughs> I can't believe I ever got that. Yeah, there you go. So I don't believe they ever figure it out. They just become the hard one. And yeah, that's how and, they figure it out. And he has a name, but I don't remember what it was. All of them have their individuality subsumed into the creation of this new entity called, I forget, this new famous- uh, Started with an E. Uh, yes, it did. I believe it's like Ethan, something like that. I don't remember, but I'm proud I remember to start with an E. Anyway, <laughs> so that's the thing that happens. And then it switches back to Earth, right? Or is there more to it than the So aliens? no, they, 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 they form the hard one. And at that point, they're just like, yep, yeah, all right, Earth is doomed. And all of Dua's emotionality and caring, and like I said, all the individuals just subsumed into the creation of the hard one, Estwald. Yeah, Estwald. I just remembered, I just remembered Estwald. It just came to me. Good job. I was even looking at the book. I couldn't find it. And then I remembered it. <laughs> and you think that would come into play somehow, but it does not. That's the end. That's the end of the aliens. <laughs> the middle section is largely irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, it has no bearing on anything. It's just there whatsoever. to establish that Earth is screwed and the aliens don't care. And also, hey, look at all this weird stuff they do. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of alien sex in that chapter, which I skipped yeah. over. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, anytime. If you want to listen to our other episode, feel free. Yeah, definitely. It's all in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like graphic, but we do discuss it's the weirdness the of it. It's the PG-13 version. Yeah. And so then it goes back to Earth. Yeah. And there's that that new doctor, the new doctor, professor, person, human. Denison? Yeah, him. <laughs> he, yeah. He, I don't remember his backstory, but he ends up on the moon. Yes, he does. So he's, he's leaving Earth because no one's really listening to him. Yeah, he's done with the whole scientific method down there. Like, no one's listening to him down there. And he wants to do new science, not stagnant science. Yeah, so he decides that he's going to go to the moon colony, which is up on the moon, obviously. obviously. <laughs> and I guess there's like a whole successionist movement on the moon. And yes, yes, there is. He meets another guy who is like part of the successionist and he's like whoa, really whoa, upset. Whoa, whoa. You're missing out on the most important character, the first person he meets on the moon. Well, I was going to get to her. The girl, right? His love interest? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember her name, but yeah. I'll give you a hint. It means moon. No, it is. It is. It's some moon name. Yeah. Oh, man. What is it? So it's, it's like the like what you would name a child if you had a child on the moon. So it is Selena. 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 Yeah, oh. but she pronounces it Selene. Selene. That's right. Oh, my gosh. I should get points for that because that was like amazing. Uh, Okay. I think I helped <laughs> you quite a bit there. I didn't remember a single other character his name except for E. <laughs> Estwald, yeah, you guys, that's, that's fair. Yeah. So anyway, so he meets her. They have a, like a love interest thing going on. But she is currently sleeping with this other guy, right? Oh, yeah. I forgot that they were even involved with each other. And that's the guy who's the moon successionist. Yes. So yeah. they have this whole thing about like how sex on the moon is much more free love than on Earth. And right. babies are grown in like vats or whatever. They don't raise their babies. There's no, not like grown a whole in vats. They don't about, raise their babies. That's right. Yeah, they don't raise their <laughs> I corrected you on your book. <laughs> no, no, I was correcting myself. <laughs> they, they don't raise their babies. Their they raise them away from them somewhere in the hallways. Yes. They, like, they get taken away, basically. So, yeah, they have no emotional connection to their children, which is great. Love the moon. <laughs> so he gets involved with her. The moon successionist is kind of pissy about it. So um, what is he working on with the secessionists? Like, what, what does he mean get involved? Um, What do they... What are they working on? Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you another question then, Daniel. We'll get back to that. What is special about Selene? She wants to have sex on the moon with the guy? No. Well, she doesn't because she's like, you couldn't handle it. But, but they do. <laughs> at the very, very end. Um, what is special about Selene? She's an intuitionist. Oh, oh my God. I didn't remember that at all. Yeah. <laughs> 
like not a single memory in my brain about that. Yeah, she has so intuitional she int- powers. Intuitions things. That, that's her she whole skill. Intuitions things. Yes, that's the word. Intuits. <laughs> oh my gosh, intuitions things. That's what she yeah, does. She intuits things. So she's her, the whole plan. If you recall, is that Neville, her lover, wants to use her to get close to Denison as Denison works on this new energy source. Yeah, it's a new energy source, so they don't have to rely on the the, the machine. The solar powered. Yeah. For the because the moon is solar powered. There are no electron pumps on the moon. Yes. And so he's working on energy things and he's hoping that she will be able to use Neville. No, Neville's hoping that Selene will be able to use Denison to get close to the answer and then she can get the last leap herself and intuit the rest of it. So they'll be the first ones to make this big discovery, be able to use this technology to their advantage. Oh man, I don't think I, I'm not even sure I knew that when I heard you talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize that was what was going on. (laughs) Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. All right, Danielle, we're almost done and almost your favorite part. I know my my favorite part is I don't remember why they do it, but they drive the moon away from Earth. They don't. They don't drive the moon <laughs> away from Earth. They want to though. Yes. They want to drive they the moon so with their whole their whole plan is to drive the moon away so from Earth. So the whole reason they want or at least Neville wants energy independent from the sun and from Earth is because he wants to create spaceship moon and fly it <laughs> off into the great unknown and be free of Earth's tyranny. And do you remember why he's determined to take the moon into space? Because he wants to not be near Earth? I don't know. Because <laughs> he's agoraphobic and oh, he can't go yeah. outside of the of the tunnels on the moon. So he couldn't take a spaceship and leave because he's too agoraphobic to live on a spaceship. Yeah. So he wants to take the whole moon with him. Right. It's like, if I can't go on a spaceship, then I'll take the whole moon. Everyone says to come with me whether they want to or not. <laughs> plan his master plan and then do they solve they solve the issue don't they yeah well they solve the issue because no, no everyone votes not to fly the moon into space well they solve the issue of the energy don't they right which do is they? because of what uh denison developed with selene on the moon was a basically an anti-pump yeah that's right do you remember what universe they tapped into with this reverse pump just another universe another parallel it had a universe. special name it was an insane name oh the oh gosh yeah that's something stupid. It was the Cosmic Egg Universe, oh, abbreviated to... I don't remember. Cosmeg. Cosmeg. Oh, Cosmeg Universe. I knew it was something dumb. <laughs> so yeah, they tap into another parallel universe to siphon off the energy or whatever. Yeah, to, to balance the out the forces. Yeah, yeah. To balance out the, everything. And then they don't drive the mood away, unfortunately. I know. Big disappointment. And then Selene and what's-his-face live happily ever after and have moon sex. The end. And he's like 30 years older than her, which is fine, but also weird. (laughs) Really bugged you, but does not bother me. It doesn't bother me. It's just kind of like, why was it a big deal? Like, he constantly references it in the book about how much older he is. Yeah. So it's like, why are you making such a big deal about it? It was not going to make any difference. Anyway, I'm done. But that was impressive, Danielle. Yeah, I did so good on that. You did really well. I am very much impressed. That's better than I thought I I would do, honestly. I thought you had it. It's a shorter book. It's a shorter book, but it's also way more complicated in many ways. That's true. I definitely did not understand any of the science, still. I know. That was unfair of me to even expect that, but it was fun watching you try. <laughs> I got and the again, the science isn't 100% there. No. <laughs> wow. Well, I don't know about anyone else here, but I'm super impressed. And I don't know about anyone else listening to this, but if, if that didn't sound insane enough, you can hear the whole thing in the first episode, which is nuts. It's a crazy book. I agree. It's a crazy book. It was a good choice for a first episode. 
And if you have listened to it and you remember like some details, or if you want to explain the science of flying the moon off into space, I didn't get that. Yeah, we still know. don't know how that works. So yeah, if absolutely. anybody wants to wants to tell us how they like steer it, is there or a steering like wheel? How the or like I know it's supposed to be like some kind of like transfer of inertia through conservation, but I'm still not 100 on that. And also, like, isn't the Earth screwed once the moon? They talk about building a replacement moon, but how are they going to do that? How are they going to build something a quarter the size of Earth, like, quickly enough that the moon leaving wouldn't cause, like, tidal pull? Yeah, like, I want to know how sense. fast that's going to go, because it yeah. seems like it would take a while to build a whole moon. But what do I know? What do I know? Exactly. So if you <laughs> do know, you can write to us at bookretorts.com. Or you can tweet at us, Facebook, Instagram, at bookretorts. And until next time, bye. Take care, everybody. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> fly, helicopter, fly. Go away! Yeah, louder, maybe they'll hear you. <laughs> the room's like, sort of swat the helicopter away. <laughs> In New York City, Godzilla should be there. Or like King Kong, there swatting him from the I was going to say, Godzilla's Tokyo. <laughs> Godzilla goes through New York at some point. Yeah, in the bad 2000, like, one movie <laughs> with Matthew Broderick. Yeah, that's a great movie. I a mean, great bad movie. it's a movie. <laughs>